The city of New Westminster has emerged victorious after the BC Court of Appeal ruled that the city's rental-only zoning bylaw will be allowed to stand. Now, the ruling came down yesterday, and it essentially dismisses a petition from a group of developers. Now, under the bylaw, the city designated 12 city-owned properties and six private properties for residential rental. Now, these properties were built as strata in some cases, but have been operating as rentals for years. Now, after council approved the zoning amendment, uh, the registered owners of all six strata properties took the city to court. Now, this all started in 2018 when the province brought in rental zoning authority for municipalities so cities could protect rentals in existing apartment buildings. Now, in 2019, U.S. City Council adopted those zoning bylaws, applied them, making them the first municipality to do so in the province. Now, the ruling yesterday, and it is a victory for the city of New uh, New Westminster, uh, could have far-reaching implications for New Westminster, but all municipalities in this province. Joining me now to discuss this victory is Patrick Johnston, the mayor of New Westminster. Your Worship, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Jeff. I wanted to provide some context before our conversation began. First of all, how important was this victory in your mind that came down yesterday? Well, the most important part is that it means uh, 200 families are secure in their their rental homes that they can afford. They have been secure in the past. So we are, they're not going to be facing the threat of demoviction or renoviction or of having the places that they've been renting and living in turned into condos. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to explain the complexity of this a little bit for us. Now, some of these folks, some of these properties, as I said, uh, were private property, and these are six strata properties specifically. Uh, how does that work, that if, if I'm a private owner of, a, of, a, of an apartment, it's strata, why should I not have the right to live in it or rent it out if I want? Yeah, so the properties, the private properties in this case, were all buildings that have always operated as rental buildings. And um, they usually received some, some support from CMHC back in the days when they used to provide support mm-hmm. for building purpose-built rental. Um, and so they've always operated as rentals, just that they had a strange tenure in that the owner, instead of owning it as a single building, it owned it as a bunch of uh, disconnected strata lots. So they were all strata, but it was only one owner. So we're not changing how the how the building operates. Um, we are reflecting that it was purpose-built rental as it was built. It just it, the tenure didn't reflect that. So there was a risk that it could be turned into condos. And we in the city of New Westminster have had a moratorium on conversion of rental properties to condos for years. We simply don't allow it because, you know, the need to support affordable older rental stock is really important to the city. Mm-hmm. So these six had just sort of fallen through the crack in that moratorium. So uh, in this case, give me a sense of what this means for your city moving forward and what you think it means to other municipalities. You're probably watching your community very closely in this court case. What's this mean now? Well, like I said, the most important part is that people, you know, there are 200 families who are more secure in their rental right now in this really tight rental market, which is terrifying for people when they're fearing they may lose their homes right now when we have such low vacancy. But it also means, I mean, this, this, this is a bit of a precedent by taking it all the way to the appeals and winning an appeal, uh, this will allow other communities to see how this rental tenure zoning the province has given cities can be applied to protect to protect people who are in uh, sort of perilous rental situations. Uh, what is the rental situation? You've obviously told me it's very tight in New Westminster and many other municipalities, uh, not just here in Vancouver, but throughout the province. Uh, but yeah. give me a sense of, are you able to build more rental right now? And Give me a sense of, the, of, of where you're at as a, as, a, as a city and as a council yeah. in regards to rentals in your community. 
Well, um, I mean, vacancies are low. Vacancies are below 1% for so long. It's just not a healthy rental market. Um, And that despite the fact that we are building a lot of purpose-built rental in New Westminster. Um, When this case came, uh, when we went to to, um, make this bylaw come into place back in early 2019, um, we were told by the by the development community that if we did this, it would shut down purpose-built rental in New Westminster. They would never invest in more rental in New Westminster, and that simply isn't the case. New Westminster is still there has been no slowdown in investment in new rental. We're still leading the region in getting purpose-built rental built. Uh, we just broke ground last week on another 300-unit purpose-built rental building in Uptown. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sort of demonstrates that we can protect the most affordable rental in the city and get new rental investment at the same time. We are really getting it done in New West. Uh, I'm curious, uh, some would argue, look, if you look at some of these older rental buildings uh, in Vancouver and New Westminster, a lot of them were built when the federal government specifically was involved in encouraging rentals to be built, whether whether it be through tax incentives and policies. But a lot of them came from that era of the 70s and 80s. And as we went to chase and go after the deficit in the 1990s, a lot of these programs were either just uh, pulled back or, or just shut down. What of an what much how much of an impact can you as a city actually have when some would argue senior levels of government and specifically federal government needs to be doing a lot more to really encourage the the the, the big jump that we need in rentals? Yeah, I mean I absolutely agree. We we can get rental built, um, but we are in a world right now where the newest rental uh, that is being built, just the cost of building new rental. Um, isn't affordable to many people. It's not where we think the market would, you know, would have to be to be healthy so that people would have access to the rental they need. Um, this is part of the reason why we have been so active at protecting the older rental in, in town, because we have to maintain that older rental to keep the stock up. But you're right. In the 1990s, when the federal government decided to get out of the business of building affordable housing, um, you know, that was now 30 years ago, and we are starting to really feel the effects right now as the, the stuff they did build that long ago is coming towards, you know, midlife and end of life. And the region is growing. The region is growing. We're going to have a million more people living here in the next 20 years. And uh, we simply are not building enough rental to keep up with that demand. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of, of, of the region itself, I had the housing minister on yesterday. We were talking about um, you know, uh, condominiums and, and stratas and 55 yep. plus. So a different topic, but one of the questions yeah. I asked near the end was, he's going to put out a naughty and, and nice list uh, probably in, in, in the weeks ahead, like within this month probably, or very close to it. Uh, he will certainly encourage those that are doing a good job, but those that aren't, uh, he plans hopefully to entirely them to keep building more. Um, what do we need to do regionally so you can actually encourage some of these communities to build more? Because as much as you're proud of how many rentals you're building, you obviously want to build more. There are laggards in this city as well. How do you encourage them, in your mind, in your personal opinion, to start building more and allowing not only just homes, but also rentals? Yeah, I'm Jazz, it takes political will to build it. I mean, we need, to, we need to be honest with our communities about the need for housing. Um, I, unfortunately, not, we're not always honest with our communities about the need for housing. Mm-hmm. Now, we need other things as well. You know, housing needs to come with important infrastructure investments. Mm-hmm. And we are, again, at the same time New Westminster is building all this new housing, we are also spending $170 million this year on new capital investments in the city to build the sewers and the electrical lines and the, and the water supply and the recreation centers that people need that comes with housing. And I'm glad that, you know, the, the province did step up and gave us a big investment in a billion dollars for all municipalities 
in order to help fund that infrastructure to support growth. Because that brings the public along. They need to see amenities coming along with growth. But frankly, it's a housing crisis across the region, and what we need is local governments to show the political will to get it built. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's go to the open line. Let's go to Scott in Maple Ridge. Hi, Scott. Hi. Well, two things. Firstly, you know, I don't know if we've learned anything from the United Kingdom, but making rental ghettos is not a solution either. But what I wanted to say was, you know, I drive around the lower mainland and and areas where where I live. There are large pieces of property that are being held in, in, that are con- now considered infill because everything around them has developed. I can think of a one massive one in Port Coquitlam that's located right in the middle of Riverwood, which is completely surrounded by homes that were built 30 years ago now. These properties, you want to talk about taxing people, this, these should be a, a change, their assessment class should be changed and so they can be uh, isolated and, and taxed higher in order to force them to develop. Um, it's ridiculous that these properties, the, the servicing's all in the ground, mm-hmm. everything, the roads are there, let's build them, but I, we, no idea why they're not being built. And that's just one example. But I'm sure that there are hundreds all over the lower mainland. Mm-hmm. That, that is something that you guys in, in their local government should get on next. Uh, Patrick, your thoughts on that? I mean, the, 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 the complaint sometimes of City Hall is that it, you know, you can't get approvals done. It's too onerous, uh, bureaucratic. Um, the assessments sometimes are different. It's too costly to build. I mean, I'm asking you a very broad question and from what Scott's saying. What do you say to what some of the comments that Scott made? Yeah, I can go right to what Scott said. That Yeah, we are only allowed to do a single tax rate for all types of residential. We can't do a separate tax rate for single family and for denser forms. But coincidentally, this week is the Lower Mainland Local Government Association meeting where all the local governments come together and we're having a conference. And one of the motions, one of the resolutions at that is Langley City brought forward a motion asking that we can actually do separate assessments so that we could actually charge a separate tax rate for multifamily than we do for single family. Just right, that's right to Scott's point right there. So we don't legally have the ability to do that right now, but that would be an interesting incentive tool to use. And we'll see if the local government, uh, if the local government, uh, element, sorry, Local Government Association uh, approves that, and whether the provincial government would allow that to happen if they did approve it. I mean, if you're a betting man, you think that would happen? I mean, it sounds on paper a, a very straightforward thing to do. It makes sense. There's different types of housing. You should be able to do that. Yeah, but having local governments from across the region come together and agree on a significant shift like that, I'm not sure where the vote's going to go. I think it'll be an interesting debate because there are perhaps um, some perverse incentives on either side if some communities may use it as a tool to prevent further densification as well. So we need to be careful in how it's applied. And I, I guess in some cases it, it, it may be one of those, well, it may be one of those cases where the provincial government be watching and say, look, is this a good thing or not? And let's move forward. Let's not worry about X, Y, and Z community because the vast majority of them think this is a good idea. That's part of it too, I'm, guess, I'm guessing. Exactly. I mean, as, as you mentioned earlier in your comments, I mean, there are some cities who are really interested in getting new housing built and there are some that just aren't that interested. So, Well, I look forward to the, yeah, I look forward to the, having the Minister of Housing on again because that's going to cause a ruckus, that's for sure. But it's an important conversation to have, that's for sure. Patrick, thank you so much for your time, and congratulations to your city on this court victory. Thank you, Jazz, and uh, have a nice day. It's beautiful and sunny outside. Get out there. <laughs> I'm keeping the, 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 the window shut right now because I've got a, another two and a half hours to go, then I'll get outside. <laughs> it is a beautiful day.